What's up, everyone? I want to tell you about a car that you are going to love. Check it out. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, I love that, available dual wireless charging pads, ensure that you can take on any adventure. So let's say you're ready to take the family on a camping trip or something like that. The Santa Fe is perfect for you. You've got all-wheel drive. You can load everyone up in the third row. It's time to start being adventurous, and you need the right car, and that's the Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive football stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at newbalance.com. This is Fantasy Football Today from CBS Sports. What a play! Can you believe this? No, I can't. It's time to dominate your fantasy league. Now, here's some combination of Adam, Dave, Jamie, and Heath. Who's got some tough calls to make in Fantasy Week 16? You're sweating out your lineup decisions. We are here to help. We've got the Week 16 tough calls, including Tua Tungabailoa. Derek Henry, is he going to get back on track after 16 carries for 9 yards against the Texans? Can James Conner get it done again? And what about Chris Godwin? I spent this morning watching uh, some Chris Godwin tape. Anyone, uh, Dave, did you watch it yet? Haven't gotten to Godwin, but I watched that game live. I thought that Dave Canales was in his bag no. when uh, he took on the Packers. Dave, yeah, Dave likes everyone named Dave. Uh, you should know that. You should not take that with a grain of salt. We're also going to preview the Thursday night game, New Orleans and the Rams. Hey, Jamie. Hey, Heath. What's going on? Heath, what you drinking? Coffee. You don't Hot stri- coffee. You don't strike me as a coffee guy. I've never known you to drink coffee. I drink two cups of coffee almost every day. <laughs> okay. And hey, Jamie, hat, it's Hat Wednesday for Jamie. Hat Wednesday. All right. Uh, news and notes. We'll do this real quick, and then we'll get to the tough calls. Aaron Rodgers said uh, probably not going to play this year, almost certainly. He says not 100%, so you can give up that dream. But he also said that next season will not be his last season, so you might get a couple of years, maybe more, of Aaron Rodgers. That'd be great. C.J. Stroud is likely out this week. Geno Smith will play this week at Tennessee. Chris Olave expected to play on Thursday. And Keenan Allen has a Saturday game against Buffalo. He missed practice. What's going on? What do you guys... Uh, what's, what's going on? What's new? Dave, what's new? What are you feeling in fantasy football? What have you been working on researching fantasy football-wise? Why? I don't know. I'm just thinking of... We're a minute into the show. I have nothing to talk about. So <laughs> we could go right We're to, done here then. This is great. We could go right to the tough calls. But I can I thought, get back to work. I thought maybe there'd be something interesting that you had to bring to the table. It's week 16, but everything that I'm doing is, is the same as it is the week before. Um, I will tell you that I've got... I think there are some encouraging signs that the Falcons offense does 
throw more and kick into high gear and is a little more aggressive this week against Indy. Um, I think that James Cook is going to continue to run wild over the Chargers. I've got some real questions about Austin Eckler. Uh, and I think that the Bengals are going to – this might be a week where Joe Mixon and Chase Brown both go off against the Steelers. Kind of an obvious statement based on how Pittsburgh's run defense has been. I have the strangest thing ever going on this weekend. I can't remember a semifinal weekend ever like this. I have four teams with Patrick Mahomes and five teams that I'm playing against Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Do you guys have faith in Patrick Mahomes this week against the Raiders? Yes. Heath's going to go four and five. <laughs> <laughs> I've got th- I've got three teams where Patrick Mahomes is not involved. All right. Jamie, any interesting tidbits? It's going to go four and eight. Um, any interesting tidbits? Uh, sure, you're working on your the, start sit. The Saints are great against bad quarterbacks. They're terrible against good ones. Uh, the rankings for Stafford are pretty different. Heath's kind of kind of low on Stafford, seventeenth. Dave and Jamie have him just inside the top twelve. They, they've uh, they've beat up very easily on Bryce Young twice, Desmond Ritter, Mac Jones, Ryan Tannehill. Jordan Love, Jared Goff, um, the great Josh Dobbs when he was still good, uh, all over twenty fantasy points. Oh, Tommy DeVito, yeah, they beat him on him too. Yeah, they were really, really, they were really mean to Tommy DeVito too. So, I'm what was more mean, the, the 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 Saints doing this or the U.S. women's soccer team doing the tea <laughs> sipping that you hated so the much? The U.S. women's soccer team doing the tea sipping was meaner than than okay. the Saints, but the Saints were very mean. I'm rooting against them forever. All right, <laughs> let's get into our tough calls. <laughs> To it, Tug of Iloa. Uh, just so you know, I, I added Jared Goff to the discussion. We had one quarterback in the tough call list. I'm going to throw Jared Goff in there, too, coming off that huge game. But on the road to face Minnesota, uh, it's going to be really cold in Minnesota. No, I know it's inside. I'm just kidding. Anyway, uh, Tua against the Cowboys. Let's start with that. Heath, this is what you – well, you gave the whole list, so thank you. But um, you think this is a tough call, Tua? And are you expecting Tyree Kill at this point? We are expecting Tyreek Hill, and that is why it's a tough call. If Tua was playing against the Cowboys without Tyreek Hill, I don't think it would be a tough call. I think we'd just be sitting Tua. It's a tough call for two reasons. One, I think it's three of his last four games at 15 fantasy points or fewer for Tua. It's We know what this team has been against teams with a winning record. Not very good at all. Um, this is only the fourth one of those they've played all season long. And so... That, but it's a tough call because when they are right, when things are going right, it could be QB1, wide receiver one, RB1 all in the same week. Tough call for you, Dave and Jamie, Tua? Slightly. Um, I, I think, you know, as, as he said, um, this hasn't exactly been Tua's best scenario, you know, against good defenses. But uh, I think also Dallas, similar to New Orleans, their stats have been somewhat padded by what they've done against a lot of bad quarterbacks. Now you can say that in the last two weeks, they've held Jalen Hurts and Josh Allen to 25 fantasy points, 26 fantasy points combined, um, which says something. But I think a lot of that, though, is Josh Allen really deferring to James Cook and the run game. The, the Cowboys, when they face good quarterbacks, and it hasn't happened very much, especially when they face them on the road, Brock Purdy lit them up, Jalen Hurts lit them up. And I think Tua will have an opportunity to, in what should be a high-scoring game, be competitive with this Cowboys defense to the point where he's above 20 fantasy points. He's been mostly above 20 fantasy points at home this season. Five of seven games, he's been above that threshold. So the fact that it's in Miami, 
I think this is a, a an opportunity here for him to have a good statistical day. Isn't this a game with two teams that have struggled to beat good teams? Yeah. But the Cowboys at least have that Eagles win. They have that Eagles win. It was at home. It wasn't on the road. They were close to beating them in Philadelphia. I mean, they are much better at home. Their defense is much better at home. Yeah, um, of course. That's how it usually is for defenses. Um, I, I He called, called out how Tua has been lately. He's been struggling. He hasn't had a blowout game since week eight. He scored almost 28 fantasy points in that game. Um, I think if you, if you think that Dallas's offense is going to struggle – it's going to limit Tua's pass attempts. Now, he's had some games this year where he's had some monster numbers, like the Denver game. Barely threw, had a monster game. That was against Denver. Their defense was total trash. Dallas's defense is better than that. But I think the Cowboys should be able to get after Tua. I don't expect the offensive line to be in any better shape than it was last week. I, I, I'm, I'm nervous about Tua getting one of those big ceiling games. I think Jamie kind of said it right. If you're expecting right around what his what his average has been this season, he's averaging 20.2 fantasy points per game. That's overall. So maybe he's a little bit better than that at home. I, I'd say somewhere between 20 and 22 fantasy points is where he's going to end up landing, in part because I think the pass rush will impact him, in part because I think the, the Dolphins are going to try and run it at Dallas, just like Buffalo did last week. All right, you guys have two of you have Baker Mayfield ahead of two of uh, Tua, and uh, Day- Jamie does not, but is Tua just one spot ahead of Mayfield? But everyone's got Tua in the top twelve, and I'll just say this: I mean, he had a one hundred and nineteen point four passer rating last week. So you might look at it and say, "Oh, he struggled." He actually was terrific against one of the best defenses in football, 21 of 24, 224 yards and a touchdown. If something derails Tua, it's oftentimes Raheem Mostert or Devon Achan or both rushing for two touchdowns. And let's see if Jonathan Hankins plays in this game. (laughs) That could Defensive tackle for the Cowboys, that could have a big impact on Tua if the Dolphins could run all over the Cowboys like the Bills did last week. Did you see uh, the clip from McDaniel from Hard Knocks? No. Uh, on the Jalen Waddle play, no, um, he called it before it happened. He said, "If they give us, I forget the coverage." He said, "If they give us this coverage, this is going to be a big touchdown right here." Yep. He saw the coverage. He goes, "Here it comes." He said to Tyreek, "He goes, here it comes," and he hits Waddle on the play. He goes, "Yep." Yeah, awesome. <laughs> it, was, it was pretty awesome. That's so cool. All right, let's talk about Jared Goff at Minnesota. Here, Minnesota had been a really tough matchup for quarterbacks. Browning. Last week, he scored over 20 points. It was, he got the T. Higgins touchdown. It was kind of a miracle, but good for him. But uh, what do you think about golf? It's on the road. I'm not wrong, right? It's at Minnesota. It, it, is yes. he inside? At Minnesota. He is inside, yes. They are pl- they're, they're playing this game outdoors. Yep. Uh, no, it's inside uh, Sunday at 1 o'clock. Detroit at Minnesota. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I think we were caught a little bit by surprise by the five touchdowns last week. Is, how about golf or Tua this week? Goff. I'm sorry, uh, Goff. Tua slightly for me, but I can change it. You don't have to. Don't let these guys bully you. No, no, no. I mean, I, the, between um, there, I think there's four quarterbacks for me that I've like shuffled around 75 times already. It's only Wednesday, uh, but it's Baker, Tua, Goff, and Stafford in some order. I don't think I get to debate Baker Mayfield with Heath, but Heath's the low guy on Baker Mayfield this week. Uh, <laughs> I'm the low guy. I think so. I thought I had him ahead of Tua, and Jamie didn't. 
Yeah, but you still have maybe there's somebody else. No, that's true. But you're the low guy on Tua, also. Like so, right now, Jamie has Tua has Mayfield nine. Dave has him seven, and you have him ten. Okay, he should probably be in this discussion. We we'll call him a tough call. Uh, you guys all have him in the top ten. I just to say, the only thing is, they are really the last three games. They have something like ten more runs than passes. They're three and zero oh in these three games. They're throwing less than thirty times a game. So. I think Jacksonville has given up 26 fantasy points to four of the last six quarterbacks they faced. That's a fact. Yeah, they stay. Their secondary is beat up. Their pass rush isn't getting home. It's it, Baker's been playing well, and Godwin's been a huge reason why the last couple of weeks. Adam really takes exception with the the, the one the few words. Baker's been playing well. That's that's what really bothers Adam. He uh, played no, amazing no, last week. No, 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 amazing. It's for the season. For the season, he's like the number 16 quarterback per game. He's yeah. been fine. No, I, I know. I'm just saying, because uh, Heath and I have been sort of talking about Baker Mayfield. I'm just saying, before the last two games, he was on the waiver wire. Uh, he still is in a lot of leagues, right? So, yeah, no, the not last, a lot. Well, I, I don't know what is. It's probably about 78 percent. It's, it's, it's hard to quantify at this point because yeah, exactly. Of sure, but in most leagues, he's right. I just picked him up in a, in a in a league last night. I mean, the difference between Tua and Baker is 0.5 fantasy points per game. They've basically been the same. Yeah. It's an interesting point. Sue has been which slumping a little bit. Um, do you see still have Daniel Jones and Trevor Lawrence? What did you say? They've basically been the same for their curves. That's true. Right. Exactly. That is factually accurate. Um, Actually, are we talking about Jared Goff? No, I think we've already established no. Jared Goff. You guys are starting it. But I, I don't think he's a super easy call Goff. He hasn't been – he's been pretty up and down. But well, off, Dave said his offensive line's healthy. So Ragnar came back last week and he, you know, that that certainly helped. They ended the Broncos nine game streak of not allowing a quarterback to go over 20 fantasy points. Uh, his last two on the road, both indoor games, last two of his last three on the road uh, of those indoor games against the Chargers and against the Saints, he's over 20 fantasy points in those games. So I think that matters too. Um, the elements won't be a problem. And so is it tough? Yeah, the Vikings are still a really good defense and, and Jake Browning. I think you got to say got lucky with how he got to his 22 fantasy points with what he did in the fourth quarter in overtime. But um, Goff, I know it's a different defense. He's got a great history against the Vikings. Three of his last five over 25 fantasy points. So I'm 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 not worried about Goff this week. All right, Goff, we have a question here: Goff or Dak? Things are more upside I with Dak. Higher. Dak. Tua or Love? Tua. Tua. Jake Tua Browning. Jake Browning or Matt Stafford? Stafford. Stafford. All right. All right, let's go to our running back tough calls here. And Derrick Henry is facing Seattle and James Conner at Chicago, with Chicago having one of the best run defenses in football and Conner having a really, really good season. Um, All right, let's start with Derrick Henry, though. So before the last two games, he was averaging 4.3 yards per carry. Now he's averaging 3.8 yards per carry. He has been miserable the last two games, although he did score two touchdowns at the Dolphins in week 14. And he had three straight games with 18 or more PPR fantasy points before his dud last week um, against the Houston Texans, who have one of the best run defenses in football. Uh, Seattle doesn't. And, um, you know, hopefully a competitive game, which is always good for him. Heath starter sit Eric Henry. When you nominated him as a tough call, what was tough about it? Well, as you can see here, we've got one of us has ranked him at 24, one of us at 25, the other one at 26. That's what I, when I was kind of looking for with guys who were tough calls or guys who are ranked right around that RB 24 or wide receiver 24 range. 
Um, what makes him a tough call is how disastrously bad last week was, how incredibly great his career and earlier this season was. The fact that Seattle's not been a that difficult of a matchup for running backs, although what DeAndre Swift scored nine points last week. Um, yeah, there's an asterisk with that. There's an a- because Jalen Hurts steals all the touchdowns. Yeah, that's well. It Will Levis stole one from the one yard line from Derrick Henry last week. Will Levis might have a hard time stealing one this week because he's he, got a bad ankle. He might. might. I I um I I think it really Henry is less about him and more about do you have two guys who we like as top twenty running backs and if so you're sitting them. That I agree with. I feel like we've nailed the game script for Derrick Henry each of the last two weeks. Two games ago was the Dolphins. Figured the Dolphins would have a lead. Derrick Henry would be weaved out of the game plan. Barely played in the fourth quarter. Still had a great fantasy game because he scored two touchdowns. Last week, much more competitive game. It went into overtime. He had a ton of carries. Every single time he got the football, it looked like he ran into a brick wall. I mean, it was really terrible. It it was painful watching Derrick Henry do this, but I think a lot of it had to do with his offensive line more than him. Uh, definitely doesn't have like quick burst after the handoff. He doesn't juke guys anymore. He needs a lane to run, and the offensive line couldn't do that last week. The question is, can the offensive line do that this week? And on one hand, the numbers have been weird for Derrick Henry, certainly touchdown dependent because the rushing average has been so bad the last couple of weeks. On the other hand, Seattle defense coming off an emotional win, short week on the road, and Seattle's allowed a rushing touchdown to a running back. And uh, each of the prior four games going into last week. And the only reason why Swift or Gainwell didn't have a touchdown is because Jalen Hurts was tush pushing him in from one yard out. That's going to be Derrick Henry's job, theoretically, this week. So if he scores, he's going to be okay as a low-end number two RB, but I can't look at him and say, all right, he's going to get 80 yards. He's going to have a shot at like two touchdowns. He's going to have a classic Derrick Henry game. You guys are starting Ty Chandler over him. If, with or without Madison, or just without Madison? Just without Madison. Just without Madison. But I still might in PPR even with Madison. And just so everyone knows, just looking at the game log, Derrick Henry was perfectly fine with Ryan Tannehill. I mean, kind of the same thing, up and down. I'm not sure if that has a, an effect. I think I'd rather have Levis back there, just have more faith in him. But um, I don't know if it's a huge deal. What about Eckler? Uh, what about Eckler this week against, uh, against the Patriots? I'm sorry, no. With Broncos? Broncos. Buffalo. Right? Buffalo. What the hell? It's- sorry. Uh, Eckler against Buffalo or uh, Henry? Henry? I have Eckler higher. I have no faith in Eckler right now. Ooh. I have Eckler higher in PPR and Henry higher in non. All right. <clears throat> All right. Is James- like, to me, that's a tough call. Like, what do you do with him? The Eckler? Yeah, it's a tough call. Yeah. Good. You can I mean, talk he was rotating it. with the other two guys before the game was a blowout. And you're talking about a Bills defense that looks fantastic right now and what they just did to Tony Pollard and that Cowboys offense. All like, true. I don't know what to expect from Eckler, especially if it, you know, no Keenan Allen. Like, how much is, is this game going to be competitive? Not, he doesn't play. not competitive. Right. And so, like, this feels like a, just a complete sit. <laughs> Although teams do get the boost from the, the firing the coach. Right. Like I, I feel but I feel like that boost will happen more on defense for the Chargers and it'll probably fall apart by the third quarter. Uh, would you start James Connor? He was another guy on the tough call list. James Connor or Derrick Henry this week? Connor, Connor. for me. Connor. Doesn't seem like a tough call. <laughs> Based on, well, I guess I shouldn't say that. Well, it's tough about this one. 
Chicago's defense is really good. Yeah. Arizona's offense is not that good. Connor's involvement in the passing game has been extremely hit or miss. Connor's been the only good thing for this offense, though. Well, Trey McBride's well, been Well, Trey good. McBride, yeah. Uh, yeah fair. Sorry. Yeah, look, Connor had a huge game last week. So did Amari DiMarcato. They both had a carry of over 40 yards. They, they faced the 49ers defense that was missing two starters on the defensive line. So I will say that I'm not trying to take away, I'm not trying to take away from Connor. Just, you probably said, oh, he killed a tough matchup last week. I don't think it was really a tough matchup given the personnel of the 49ers last week. Right. But, but the Bears so are, are killing it against the run. They are. It's a matter of whether or not their interior defensive linemen are going to be able to hold up against Arizona's line. And I actually thought Arizona's line, like they look strong. Maybe it was just because of the matchup, but it's, it's two straight games now where they've looked good and they've gotten some push. And now James Conner has some, some yardage, maybe one or two yards just to get going on his runs. And uh, I, I, I thought he was excellent. And for the last two weeks, we've or last two games, we've told people, ah, tough matchup. James Conner doesn't catch the ball. Totally uh, inconsistent. You should sit him, and he's been amazing. So I'm I'm kind of off of totally telling people to sit James Conner. Of course, there's risk if he doesn't score. He's probably going to get you no better than like 11 PPR points. <laughs> but I think that there's a chance that he scores. I think the Cardinal, the Bears have a way of not blowing teams out. So even yeah. though I think Chicago wins the game, I think Arizona can hang around a little bit, and I think James Conner deserves the benefit of the doubt. I like him as a number two running back. This is incredible. In his last four games, he has nine catches for nine yards. <laughs> That's one yard per catch in the last month. Uh, he doesn't play on third down, really, except for that one game where DiMercato was out. But this is, I mean, here's why Connor's a tough call. Here are his fantasy points in PPR in five games with Kyler Murray. 7.3, 8.3, 7.2, 22.5, 17.9. Not much Ooh. in between there. Um, all right. All right, let's well, think. that's that's kind of what makes a tough call is you've got to have a lot of upside and a very low floor. Yeah, yeah. Let's take a break here, and we'll talk about T. Higgins and Chris Godwin and some tight ends when we come back on Fantasy Football today. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride-or-die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. All right, welcome back, everybody. Thanks for joining us 
we're going to have our episode on Sunday night, our recap episode at about 9.30 p.m. Eastern if you want to watch it live. So it'll be out a little bit later on Sunday night than than it typically is, or you'll still hear it at the same time on Monday morning. If that's what you choose to do, that will be Christmas. So hopefully you'll you'll wake up to some fantasy football today on Christmas morning. Uh, Please check out the CBS Sports app. Going to be a lot of breaking news today. It's National Signing Day. So check out the CBS Sports app. And uh, it's really, it's amazing. You get lightning fast scores. You get your breaking news alerts. You can watch live games on the CBS Sports app. It's totally free on iPhone, on Android. I'm on it all the time. Get the CBS Sports app. T. Higgins. Well, let's see. Why is he a tough call? We are not expecting Jamar Chase this week. He's playing Saturday at Pittsburgh. And he's got five games this year with eight or more targets. And in those five games, he has zero 89, 21, 110, and 61 yards. He has three huge games with 19 or more PPR fantasy points and two games with four or fewer fantasy points. So he's kind of like James Conner. He was maybe a little bit lucky in that game uh, last week. But uh, anyway, yeah, uh, T. Higgins, Jamie, is, is he a tough call for you? I mean, yes, in the sense of what he's done this season, you know, comparatively to what he hopefully will do. Um I know we've seen Pittsburgh's defense. You know, you mentioned about Joey Porter Jr. and some of the matchups that he's had and, you know, doing well against number one receivers. But he should be fed targets, you know, and that's the the promising thing for him this week is without Jamar Chase, you saw, you know, a little bit of a breakthrough last week. And, and again, it was some big, somewhat fluky plays with the touchdowns. He bounced back after dropping a touchdown as well. So I'm just going to trust him this week as a number two receiver with the hope that this is a guy Jake Browning leans on. Dave mentioned something earlier, which could be a problem, is that the Steelers' offense is just not played very well. And if right. Joe Mixon and, and potentially Chase Brown get going in this game, that we may not see Jake Browning have to throw very much. So that could be a little bit of a problem here in terms of what the high volume is because they had to throw last week because of how the, the the game was unfolding against Minnesota. I just think that Higgins without Chase is somebody that I want to buy into. And so I will start him this week as a mid-tier number two wide receiver. Yeah, that's the range. A couple of things about the possible game script of this game that might actually help Pittsburgh. Bengals defense was already kind of a mess coming into last week's game. They lost DJ Reader at defensive tackle. It is a huge problem figuratively and literally for them. I know the Steelers haven't had success running the ball this year. I think they might be able to have a little bit more success than normal for them. So maybe like 3.8 yards per carry instead of 3.0 yards per carry for Najee Harris, something like that against Cincinnati and Mason Rudolph isn't a great quarterback. Obviously he was third string for a reason for Pittsburgh, but he can throw a pretty accurate deep ball. Uh, He can read defenses pretty simply. I I think that he's his biggest detriment is that he's slow with his throwing motion. And so if he's a little slow, that could turn into interceptions that would obviously help Cincinnati. But I think there's room there for the Steelers to keep this game relatively competitive. You throw on top of that that the Steelers' defense is in just terrible shape right now. Cam Hayward's in the concussion protocol. Both starting safeties, one of them suspended for the year. The other one, Minka Fitzpatrick, out for this game, if not longer. The inside linebackers have been a massive problem for them. They say that they're going to change up some personnel there in Pittsburgh. I don't know if it really matters. 
So there's going to be opportunities for the Bengals to almost do whatever they want in this game. And Jake Browning does deserve the benefit of the doubt for making good decisions with the football most of the time. And I really felt like he started to spread his wings a little bit more last week. Throw on top of that, there's no Jamar Chase. And I think it's easy to see that T. Higgins will be the target leader for Cincinnati. I think he's a middle to low end wide receiver too. I do struggle with him versus the likes of Jalen Waddell, Drake London, uh, Godwin, the way that Godwin's been rolling, especially in full PPR. Amari Cooper, that's the range that he's in now. And I think it's possible that he could end up being better than those guys. I, yeah, I think I'm the low guy on him. And it's just, it's not just the Jake Browning thing, but it is a lot the Jake Browning thing. I mean, we saw a couple of games with Chase where we thought he should be fed targets and he wasn't really. Um, and Higgins has had a couple of games this season where he was fed targets and he scored four or fewer fantasy points. He's had some real, real stinkers based on his own level of play. And I just have a hard time believing that the Steelers at home, cold, ugly game, are going to give up a bunch. And I think Porter will probably shut Higgins down unless Higgins makes yeah, one big Porter, play. Porter is a factor here. I mean, they've given up one touchdown to a wide receiver in their last five games, I believe, the Steelers. That was last week to DJ Montgomery. Um, that doesn't. He should have had two in the game. Doesn't the mean they I mean, have. Pittman would have crushed them though. He yeah, was no, oh, yeah, yeah. Well, if he would have scored, but not Montgomery probably. <laughs> uh, Pittman had seventy-eight yards on like thirty-three percent of the snaps. I'm not saying their defense is good, but Porter is good, so he, he's a factor here. Um, would you start Puka Nakua against the Saints or? Yeah, Puka. Puka, Puka. Okay, that was easy. All right, so so Dave mentioned Chris Godwin being in there. Godwin's basically had two good games this year. Uh, one of them was last week, 25.5 PPR fantasy points. Um, you know, interesting game. He, he was terrific. He really was. I think you heard uh, Jacob on Beyond the Box score kind of throw a little cold water on it. It was just his opinion. was kind of blamed it more on Green Bay than giving Godwin credit. I would go yeah, the other way. That's fair. No, I, I, I think watching it this morning, the first half was like Green Bay was just not covering him. He was wide open underneath all the time. They made the adjustment, and he started making plays downfield, especially late in the second in the first uh, half. Chris Godwin had four catches of more than 20 yards in this game. So he looked like Chris Godwin. He ran a route in the middle of the field that was just disgusting, embarrassed one of the linebackers. Um, I, I, you know, he was, I thought he was great, but that doesn't mean anything going forward. You know, we've just seen too much of bad Chris Godwin. So, it's Well, not- you, have, you have a player that's finally getting involved. He's got 23 targets in his last two games, which has been a problem. You know, there was a lot of talk in Tampa Bay of why are they not using him more. And you have a quarterback who's playing well. You have a great matchup. Like, you know, there's three things that all sort of fall in line here that makes it, I don't want to say easy to start Chris Godwin, but you should feel comfortable doing it if he's been on your roster and you haven't been using him. So is he going to have a huge game again? That's hard to say because Mike Evans has been a disappointing part of this for the last two weeks too. And I'm sure they want to keep him involved. So there might be a little bit more balance here. But if you tell me he's getting another game with, you know, double-digit targets, I'm starting him. No hesitation. Oh, that's – yeah, but right. But like I've been saying, Baker Mayfield's not is throwing 28, 29, 30 passes five of his last six games. They're winning. He's probably going to be bethered, we think. They're running the ball a lot. He's had his target per route run rate the last two weeks, Chris Godwin, is is 40%. So it's an unsustained, like double-digit targets on 30 targets is probably not going to happen. On 30 passes, it's probably not going to happen. I'm not saying Mayfield is is has no chance of throwing more than 30. It's just that's just how they've been running their offense lately. Very run-heavy, better defense, three wins in a row. So, you know, what does Godwin do if he gets seven or eight targets? That's been pretty bad this year. That's, sure. you know. 
and the and the touchdowns have escaped him, so that's a problem. Yeah, he's now the end zone targets haven't been there for for whatever reason they were earlier in the year. I don't know, Heath. Your thoughts on Godwin? I think everybody's pretty much said it. He fits in very well with the guys who have shown us extremely low lows. But in Godwin's case, and I'm a little bit higher than this now. I think I've got him 27, so I'm I'm a little lower on the group. Has shown us extremely low lows, but he's given us reason to hope. I would like him a lot more if Trevor Lawrence could get out of the concussion protocol. Sure. Um, I think that would make him an easier start and probably enough to push him ahead of T. Higgins for me. Uh, how about in the same game, Calvin Ridley, who we were going to talk about, but we're running a little long. So Calvin Ridley or Chris Godwin? I've got one higher. Yeah, same. I've got, I've, I got, got Ridley worry, just ahead of him. You've got to worry about Ridley if he's catching passes from C.J. Beathard. This is another guy where if Lawrence plays, I think you make the move to Ridley. The matchup is so delicious for them. But if yeah. it's Beathard... Uh, I, I would be nervous to start Ridley. I think I would love Ridley if Lawrence were playing. I think I would too. He'll have uh, three end zone opportunities and he won't score a touchdown. No, he will catch one. Put on the line on one of them. In this game. Follow the ball on the next one. He'll catch it, but there will be a holding penalty on the third one that brings it back. Imagine if that touchdown had had counted and Lawrence scores like 23 points against the Ravens, and that would have been four straight good games for Lawrence, or maybe five, I think four, including two against the Browns and the Ravens, and then going into this matchup at Tampa Bay. Imagine how excited you would be about Trevor Lawrence. I I would say there would not be a graphic on Twitter comparing him to Daniel Jones had that happened. (laughs) Right. Did you, <laughs> did you do that? I didn't even see this. I mean, I know you. I always, did not do it. Oh, okay. Um, it sounds very much like something I would yeah, do. Oh yeah, no, it wasn't me. All right, <laughs> uh, we got two tight ends to talk about here. But what do you think about Brandon Ayuk against the Ravens, who are you know they're eleventh best against wide receivers, but I think we all consider them to be a pretty tough matchup, and they were great against Jacksonville last week. Ayuk has been good, but rarely great lately. He has. Mm-hmm. One game in his last seven with more than 16.6. 16.6 is good. He just hasn't had like a lot of blow-up weeks lately, which wasn't the case early in the year. He was he was like incredible. Now he's just been sort of merely good. Um, and I have another stat I can throw out there, but I'll let you guys talk. Uh, Jamie, what do you think about Ayuk this week? Is he a tough call? I, I, I put this one, I sort of editorialized on this one. Does anyone think he's a tough call? No. I mean, no. I, you have... You have arguably the MVP of the NFL, the way Brock Purdy is playing right now. And you want pieces of this offense. And it really doesn't matter, I think, who they're playing at this point. So, you know, he's he's found the end zone, I don't want to say frequently, but enough that you say, okay, he's got that potential. Uh, I don't think this Ravens defense, like you said, is something that you run away from. And No, I didn't say that. Know, just, well, just I mean, I, I mean, that's fine if you feel that way. I just, I didn't say that, but I, yeah, I, no, I'm, 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 I'm sorry. <laughs> Uh, I I don't think this is a defense that you you worry about. For, for I think the, about that Rams offense against the Ravens in the rain two weeks ago, and how the receivers had big games there, and how I know that Chuck it's the game of the week, yeah. The Ravens and the Niners. It's a Christmas game of the week. He's not a tough call. Hey. It was just a setup, folks, for the Christmas game of the week. Now, I mean, uh, here's what I was, I was wondering what that was about. That, that makes more sense yeah, now. Yeah, yeah. Oh, well, there's. On Wednesday? Well, I got to mix it up. Like, obviously, this is going to be the game of the week. 
So I Dave, I had to mix it up and surprise Dave a little bit. We had a Wednesday. You're saving the bit. It's good. Yeah. I think- it was a very good job. Hey, how about this? What if we put it in context? What do you do if you've got one spot and you've got Rashi Rice and Brandon Ayuk? Rice. rice. Is it still an easy call? Cooking up rice. I'm cooking up rice. Yeah. Jamie, did you Hello? say something? Yeah, rice. Oh, rice. Okay. <laughs> Uh, yeah, no, the, the stat I was going to give was that every wide receiver that's had a big game, like more than 15 and a half points, I think, against the Ravens, has had double-digit targets. That has happened one time this year for Ayuk, one time this year for Debo Samuel. So I think you pretty much throw all that stuff out with the Niners. They're just more efficient by far than any other team. But typically, if you're going to have like a, a weak winning game against the Ravens, you need double-digit targets. Uh, all right, tight ends real quick here, guys. Darren Waller and Dallas Goddard facing each other. How much do you trust them, Heath Cummings? They are both low-end starters. I prefer Waller. Um, his target per route run and yards per route num- run numbers last week were both very good. He just only played 42% of the snaps. I would assume that he's going to play, be more involved this week. And it's a, it's a, I mean, it's, whether it's a good matchup for tight ends, it's a pretty good matchup for pass catchers against the Eagles. Um, man, Goddard, Goddard's the one that's harder to trust for me just because of his lack of involvement and really lack of production this year. What does he have, two good games? Yep. Yeah. Yeah, it's easy to be out on Goddard. Especially okay. since this is another matchup where I think the Eagles can run and so maybe take a little bit more pressure off of Jalen Hurts. I've, I definitely like Waller better. I think there will be more opportunities, more volume. He was second on the team in targets with six. He only ran 22 routes. That makes for a nice target per route run rate. That makes for a very fun thing to say on the show. I wish he had looked better, but it was his first game back. Maybe he can be a little bit more explosive in his running uh, this week. So I'm happy to take a chance on him as a low-end tight end one. A little worried. A little worried about Kevin Byard covering him. This is what they did with Kelsey when they played the Chiefs. They put Byard on him. Um, they could really put anyone on Waller. They could put Darius Slay on Waller if Darius Slay plays in this game. So, yeah. Uh, all right. Those are tough calls. I was. How about this? I'm not sure if I feel this way, but just going into the week, in my gut, I like DeAndre Swift more than Saquon Barkley. Anyone else? No. It's no. not a bad call, but no. You can't do it because he never scores. That's the right. problem, right? That's that's what holds right. him back. And doesn't really catch that many touchdowns. Don't count. Yeah. Sure, I and he doesn't catch over Saquon. He doesn't catch. It's also a Boston Scott week. It does. That's right. It is a Boston Scott week. Yes. All right. Let's take uh, one more break. When we come back, I've got Christmas theme fill in the blank. New Orleans at the Rams. The fantasy cops and your emails at fantasyfootball at cbsi.com. We'll be right back. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. 
In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Christmas-themed fill-in-the-blank. A lot of you are going to be traveling this week. Maybe you won't have time to listen to the episodes. We'll give you some a little taste of Christmas right now. Blank has been naughty this season. Dave. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Wrong game. Javante Williams has been naughty this season. Patrick Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes has been naughty this season. Mm-hmm. Heath, who's been naughty? Um, I, Najee Harris. Naughty Harris. Agreed. Naughty Harris. Blank has been nice this season. Raheem Moster. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Sean McVay. Oh. Trey McBride. He shared early in the season, let Zach Ertz uh, do his thing, and then when Ertz got hurt, he became the best tight end in football. That was nice of him, yeah. Uh, Blank will be a Week 16 lump of coal. Austin Eckler. Kyler Murray. This is where I have to say something. This segment. (laughs) This segment? That's Uh, Ravens. Like like all of them. Ravens. Oh, wow. That's pretty bold. Okay, blank will be your week 16 Santa Claus delivering you a fantasy gift. Kenneth Walker III. Ooh. Drake London. Travis Kelsey. Oh, okay. And blank is what you should eat on Christmas. Ham, 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 ham. Chinese food. <laughs> <laughs> Um, pizza. Blueberry pizza muffins. Blueberry, blueberry muffins. muffins. Interesting. We have we have blueberry muffins on Christmas morning every year. Nice. I think we have uh, eggs Benedict, as I recall. My wife will make. Yeah. Okay. That's fancy. Yeah, yeah. She she loves it. Yeah, it's great stuff. Are you big? She homemade hollandaise sauce on those. <sighs> I think so. Yeah, I think she does everything. Yeah, from scratch. I'm I'm looking forward to it. Can't wait. New Orleans, New Orleans at the Rams on Thursday night. Nah, 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 nah. 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 Here's a trend to watch. In the last three games, the Saints very run heavy, like the Bucks. 29, 26, and 28 pass attempts in their last three games for the New Orleans Saints. They're two and one in those games. The Rams have seen 36 or more pass attempts in five straight games. Can we get some pass volume, please, Derek Carr. All right, here's your updated stat of the game. Remember, I gave this one out last week, and I was like, is this right? Is this right? And it was right, and it turned out to be very right because Barkley was terrible. Only three running backs have scored. Nope, only two. Two running backs have scored more than 14.4 PPR fantasy points against the New Orleans Saints. (laughs) Is Kyron Williams going to be the third? Do we have any concerns about Kyron? Nope. Zero. All right. Kyron, I mean, one of the most amazing things about him is he's had tough matchups so much this year, and he's come through. So good for him. I think the only concern would be is are they going to punish him for the fumbles? <coughs> right. Oh, oh, yeah. When's that going to happen? Two fumbles last week. <clears throat> Kept playing. First two of the season. Sean McVay gave him the vote of confidence this week. Uh, he's he's not going anywhere. He might have to fumble three times. Unless he fumbles again. Yeah, Chris Olave is expected to play, so how would you rank the three main wide receivers in this game? 
Cooper. Olave, Puka. I've got Cooper Cup, Puka Nakua, Chris Olave. Yeah. Okay. Cup, Nakua, Olave. Cup, Olave, Nakua, you said, right? Cup, Nakua, Olave. I'm the only one that has Olave. Oh. I, look, I'm open to the idea of Olave over Nakua, and I agree with you about the whole pass attempts thing. No one has seen more pass attempts against over the last six weeks in the Rams. It's actually – it's it's – 41.6 pass attempts a game. The only team, this is amazing. The only team that hasn't thrown 40 plus times in the last six weeks against LA is Washington. And they're the team that we always expect to just throw like crazy. Second week in a row, or second game in a row for Washington, rather, where they didn't do that. Uh, it's because the Rams' run defense is really good and their pass defense is not. So if Olave is right, then I could imagine he could end up having a pretty big game. Do we have any Puka concerns? It's a little bit of a bad taste in your yeah. mouth, right? Five for 50 against the uh, Commanders. He has seven to nine targets in seven straight games. There have been 10 wide receivers with seven to nine targets against the Saints. Only four of them scored more than 11 PPR fantasy points. Only one of them scored more than 14.2 PPR fantasy points. The Saints, by the way, they give up the third fewest fantasy points to wide receivers. I think I may, may have mentioned that earlier. So, Jamie, you, you did say there are some concerns uh, with Puka? Yeah, I mean, not to sit him, but I, I think when you, you know, you, you mentioned Rashi Rice, uh, I would start Olave over him. Uh, you can certainly make a case that if Zach Wilson plays, Garrett Wilson's better than him. They're, they're basically similar type of players. Touchdowns tend to be a little bit of a problem. They're more PPR reliant than they are non-PPR. So since Cooper Cup's revival, we haven't really seen huge games from Puka. It's true, yeah. You have him 21st, and Dave and Heath have him 12th. So it's a pretty big difference there. I think Olave's got to go ahead of him just based on upside. Easier in non and half PPR than full PPR, but the more I think about it, I, I really believe that volume is going to be huge here and that Derek Carr is going to have to throw a lot. And we've seen it so many times this year. When he throws a lot, Carr's over 300 yards. And so if he's over 300 yards, you've got to figure Olave's going to have plenty of catches, plenty of yards. Maybe he scores on top of it. I think that Olave is a better bet than Nakua. Would you start Puka Nakua or Devontae Smith against the Giants? Smith. Smith. I think I have Nakua higher there, too. Not sure if I'm going to stick with it. All right. I'm trying to find some questions in the chat because there's a lot of starts in this game. You're starting Kyron. You're starting Kamara. It'll be interesting to see because the Rams, the Rams are tough. They give up the fewest receiving yards per game to running backs, but you're starting Kamara. I have uh, where I was the two seed coming off a of bye. Uh, Kamara, Kyron, Puka, Olave. Wow. And I may be in trouble or really oh happy. Oh, my. That, I hate that. I do, too. I hate that for you. I'm so sorry. I haven't changed it. I have a groupie as my kicker. So <laughs> that's definitely that. Oh, wow. Yeah. I, this has, I, might, I might pivot to Haversack because I like him a lot. <laughs> Uh, another one, yeah. So it's interesting. I mean, it's interesting. These teams Thursday night is we don't love Thursday night necessarily, but uh, you just there are too many must starts in this game. So that brings up Stafford. Carr is a sit even coming off that game. He's like I don't even think he's in the top eighteen. But that brings. I don't up think he's a sit necessarily, but you're not going to trust him. But again, you're looking at very good matchup, and as Dave said, volume should be there. He's got five touchdowns in his last two games. He's coming off his best statistical game from a fantasy perspective. When you don't have potentially Trevor Lawrence or C.J. Stroud and you can't get your hands on, let's say, Baker Mayfield or um, or Joe Flacco, like 
I don't see tremendous difference. I like Mullins better, but like Nick Mullins, Jake Browning this week without Chase, um, Carr. I think they're all very similar. Minshew, you know, especially Pittman plays. I think they're all very similar, mm-hmm. and so it's not a bad matchup to say I'm I'm shying away from Carr. Sure, but on the flip side, we've seen a lot of games this year where Carr does throw a lot, gets a lot of yards, doesn't get the second touchdown, does have some turnovers. And I also don't like that it's a short week on the road, late in the season. And do we know about Ryan Ramchek? Is he playing their right tackle? I don't. I didn't see their. I didn't see if he practiced. I'm, I'd year. be a little. Look, I don't think the Rams' pass rush is dominant, and obviously their pass defense hasn't been good. But if if the offensive line is an issue for Derek Carr. I, uh, I I would worry about his upside there. Not a top 12 quarterback. I don't think no, anyone's no, no. there. But someone that, like, I think you can feel encouraged in a super flex to start yeah. him. And if you're really desperate and he's out there, uh, you don't want to take your chances on Browning or, or Minshew or Geno. Yes, Carr isn't that far off from those guys. Uh, yeah, I can't help but notice Carr with the five touchdowns in his last two games. It's coincided with Taysom Hill being inactive for one of them and being completely uninvolved in another of them. And I think he had two short yardage touchdown passes in those sure. games. He so did. I, Good point. I, flip a coin. I don't know. I mean, Taysom Hill, we were going to talk about him in tough calls, Dave. But yeah, I, I said, we'll just save it for when we preview the game. Yeah, I mean, we know. I mean, Heath is another right. Heath, Taysom Hill. You say tough calls are guys with high high ceilings and high floors or low floors. Doesn't get much lower than uh, than that for Taysom Hill. So you talked about Goddard and uh, Waller, for example, as tough calls at tight end. What about Taysom Hill? I would start Taysom over those guys in non PPR. I would start those guys over Taysom in full PPR. But I, this is like one of those situations on Sunday night where Dave said that he'd like to get a hold of the Bears and just get their game plan beforehand because their Taysom Hill usage is about as predictable as the Bears running back usage. <laughs> Who knows when it's going I think to we be? We got a beat on the Bears running back usage. You got a beat on it? Yeah. You got, they gave you the game plan? No, I watched the game. I figured it out. But what about the game before that? It was the exact same thing. Was it? I mean, it was Foreman yeah. was Scott. What, was this the game? Foreman, it, it's for just. I know we're supposed to be talking about Taysom yeah, Hill, yeah, but Foreman quick. and Herbert rotate series, and then on third down, it's Roshan Johnson. The only difference last week was they used Roshan more in the fourth quarter. All right. What about oh, seriously, Heath? What about half PPR? Goddard, Waller, Taysom. Ah, uh, <laughs> I would probably just go Waller and Goddard. All right, let's talk about Matthew Stafford. I'm actually going to give Heath the first word because he is the low guy on Stafford. I, he's like 13 for me. Oh, now, you're moving so. on? Okay, okay. Yeah. All right, good. So that means we can have confidence starting Matthew Stafford, but not ahead of two. Oh, no, that's not true. Jamie has Stafford ahead of Tua. Jamie, what do you like about Stafford this week? You have ninth. I mean, four straight games of, you know, standout production. Uh, he's playing very well. Cooper Cup is back to being Cooper Cup. And so, you know, when he has two receivers like this, you know, you go back to Cup and Woods and, you know, even Cup and Beckham when when Beckham was was playing well and Brandon Cooks was part of that. Um, I, I don't know. Maybe Cooks was with Goff. Uh, but in any event, um, I, I just think Stafford's clicking right now. Sean McVay, you know, Dave mentioned it in terms of who's been uh, nice. Uh, he's He's arguably coach of the year you know, with what he's done with this team and, and how they're in playoff contention. And um, I, I said it earlier in the show that they've been, the, the Saints have been really good against crappy quarterbacks and somewhat bad against good quarterbacks. And Stafford's playing as well as anybody in the league right now. So uh, I don't have any hesitation with him. You know, 10th might be a little too low. It, it's so funny because early in the year, 
he was averaging like 320 passing the first four games of the season. He was averaging like 320 passing yards per game. The yards per attempt over eight yards per attempt in three out of four games. And he had three touchdowns in those first four games. Fantasy no production problem. was just awful. The the last but but the yardage and the yards per attempt were awesome. Yeah. Like yeah. he was at 310 passing yards per game. The, the last four weeks, he doesn't have a game over 300 yards. He's averaging like 260 yards per game. The yards per attempt is mostly like seven and a half yards or worse, but he throws three or four touchdowns every week. So the fantasy production's awesome. Yeah. Well, here's been the formula. Two two questions. One, is Cooper Cup playing? Check. Is Matthew Stafford going to throw even 33 passes? If that's a yes, he has a big game. If he's at right. under 30, he does not. He had They had a stretch where they were just running the ball like crazy, and he was not throwing enough, and Cup was probably playing through something. But lately, like throw the ball, and if Cooper Cup's playing, he has been a stud, and he's done it against Baltimore, and he's done it against Cleveland. So, all right, let's go Matthew Stafford. Finish, finish strong. Let me see if I have any questions here from the chat. Puka, Godwin, or Keenan Allen? And you're going to have to make that decision on Thursday. Puka. Puka. Puka Nakua. Puka, Ridley, Addison, Gus. Well, I guess you're going to go Puka. with Puka there. Yep. Um, Do you know what Puka means? Puka is a nickname. Oh, yeah. What does it mean? It means fat and chubby. Fat That and was according chubby. to the broadcast. Camara, uh, Mostert, Kyron Williams, Gibbs, and Pollard. Pick three. The first three. Yeah, I might I might look at Gibbs over Camara, just based on the matchup. Ooh. Okay. Okay. That's uh, that's it, Dave. That's it for Thursday night football. You're singing the wrong music. What you should be singing is... Hold on. You should be singing... The Fantasy Cops music. Let's settle some league disputes. All right, this first one comes from Jeff. In our league, we allow depth charts. Here's the exact wording in the rules. Each manager has the option to submit a depth chart each week. You can indicate which backup player you would like to start in case your starter is a last-minute inactive. This only covers players who do not play at all. Example, if your player gets injured on the first play but was active for the game, it does not qualify. This week, one manager named Mike listed Aiden O'Connell as his backup quarterback on the depth chart in the league chat with Geno Smith as the starter. Flash forward to Monday night, he would win his matchup if he gets Aiden O'Connell's points, but lose it if he gets the zero from Geno. What would you do in this situation? And again, I'm going to read the wording. Each manager has the option to submit a depth chart each week. You can indicate which backup player you would like to start in case your starter is a last-minute inactive. Then it goes on, though. This only covers players who do not play at all. Example, if your player gets injured on the first play but was active for the game, it does not qualify. So Gino was active, but he did not play at all. What say you, fantasy cops? Should he get the the Aiden O'Connell points or the Gino points? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Aiden O'Connell points. Agreed. I yeah, I'm gonna go. I, I think it's debatable, and I would be really mad if I was facing him and lost because of this. 
and I'd be really mad if I was him and I didn't get the Aiden O'Connell points. And you probably need to add a little one more sentence in your uh, rule here. But I would also agree to the Aiden O'Connell points. I can't believe that. It says inactive in the rules. It also says does not play a snap. But right. but it only covers it, players who do not play at all. Right, but that he includes He was very inactive inact- on Monday night. He, that I disagree. Wow. Schaefer, I would like I'd love to know what you think. Does it get the O'Connell points or the Geno points? O'Connell points. Oh, fine. I disagree <laughs> with you guys wholeheartedly. Geno was active. Like what you know, all right, what about the Bijan? Oh no, I mean Bijan played. All right, fine. Fine, fine, fine. Well, is there another scenario you could think of where this applied where somebody did not play but was active? I mean, yeah. not this season, but remember when Marshawn Lynch was active and then his back acted up, he was at Cleveland and then he didn't play a snap against the Browns. That was like yeah, I mean, five, I, I think you I ago. think you run that risk with injured players, right? Like you run that risk of I'm starting this guy. I don't know if he's going to play. Oh, he was active, but they never actually intended to play him. Yeah, but I mean, that's just, look, it, it, it's risk. obviously the wording, you know, if if you're going to, you know, put this in, in a court, the wording would not favor the, the Aiden O'Connell side. I know, yeah. well, that's what inactive. this is. But I mean, come on, he did not play. It was clearly that he was, he was an inactive, active player. Who's to say that he would not have played if Drew Locke had struggled? But he didn't. But he was active, so he could have. I don't know. I think you guys are wrong. He did not play a snap. I'm gonna. I'm having internal affairs investigate you, but it's fine. All right, let's it, go. To, it's the rules laid out. Yeah, you're right. They say if the guy's inactive, then you can substitute for him. So the rule is, Geno Smith was active, and you can't. You guys but are the breaking rule, the rules. Read the next sentence, please. Players who do not play at the, all. The next sentence is superseded by the inactive sentence. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Is that how it works? Sentence structure for determining the I think so. I think it's I think that's the rule. The rule is inactive. They should they should really remove that second sentence. It made things more complicated. Anyway. Yeah, they did. The second I, one is from Dave. Okay. I, I'm in a twelve team league with fishing guys in Vail. And last week, or he actually says fishing guides in Vail. And last week, I, the sixth place team, smoked the third place team. My team looks yes. stellar, and I'm slated to play the two seed this week. The two seed said that because I'm the lowest seed, I should be playing the one seed. And I agree. I think that's how it's supposed to work. However, Yahoo arranged the playoffs this way, and I didn't change anything. I looked in the, he's the commissioner. I looked into the commissioner tools, and there is a statement on playoff reseeding that reads if your league uses a three week playoff setting, Playoff reseeding will adjust the second round matchups so the highest seeded team will play the lowest ranked team. Playoff reseeding will occur when there is an upset in the first round of the playoffs. I thought this was my answer, but I have that option turned to off. Ooh. The player in the second place doesn't want to play me because I'm on a freaking roll and is accusing me of switching up the playoffs and cheating, and I'm super pissed. I discussed this with the person in first place who said, I don't care who I play, I'm going to win. So I can switch the final four, but I guess my question is, should I change how Yahoo seeded our playoff bracket to appease a pissy player who thinks he has a better shot of making the finals by playing someone else, even if the other three people don't care who they play? Or should I trust the system that Yahoo seeded a specific way for a reason and let him and no one else think I'm a cheater? What do you guys think he should do here? So he could still reseed the playoffs himself manually? Yeah, he's the commissioner, so he could do it. <clears throat> and that's what he intended to do all along. Yeah, if in case you missed it in that whole spiel. Received, I mean, it's simple. It seemed like he it seemed like he intended to do that, but he didn't do it. He didn't turn that setting on. 
but now he doesn't want to give in to this whiny two seed, basically. I'd, I'd kick the two seed out of the league, take a bye, and go to the championship game. <laughs> One person actually wrote back and said, please don't let Heath kick these guys out of the league. But I'm not sure if it was to this email. Oh, man. Um, all right, so what, do you, what would you guys do if you were him? No, it would be great if you read this on Friday because Dan would have some scenario where this happened to him. Yeah, 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 yeah. Here's what we did in my league, and this works happened. really great. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Um, all right, sorry. So Jamie says reseed. Heath, you said kick someone out of the league and reseed. Yes. And Dave, I think reseeding is the option. I think you guys are so wrong about the first one. But he also, Dave also says the emailer Dave says, "Come fish with me this summer. Bring the fam." I don't Done. know. I don't know that there are. I, I don't like. Maybe I do fly fishing before skydiving, but I just can't imagine myself ever fly fishing. That is, uh, you would definitely be. Uh, Ben Stiller and something about Mary if somebody's fishing around. <laughs> yeah, yeah, one hundred percent. I will wear a face mask. Fishing. <laughs> uh, let's finish with some emails of fantasy That's football. Okay. And the hook will get stuck in your hair, and then Dan Dan would say, "I'm such a better fisher than you." Oh, yeah. oh, hundred percent. Yeah, I can I can do fly fishing. I can put the worm. I can put the worm on the hook. I can do any type of bait. All right, from uh, from Matthew here. Uh, which, uh, by the way, do you guys fish? I eat fish. We used to take a fishing trip to Minnesota every year when I was a kid. I fished a lot as a kid, a little as an adult, but like twice in the last eight years. My son's the oldest son still does. Okay. Does he does he catch things and eat them, or does he throw them back? I um, I don't believe he eats them. No, I think he just throws them back. Okay. All right. From Matthew, which three running backs do you like best in a dynasty league? PPR. ETN, James Cook, Brian Robinson, Ramondre Stevenson. Well, we got two. Yeah, two are easy. Uh, I would take Ramondre over Brian Robinson. I think I would too. Yeah, the, uh, two of those guys are in my top eight, nine in my updated dynasty rankings. Um, Ramondre <laughs> is just ahead of Brian Robinson at 27 and 29. Adam would ask his kids to bait the hook for him because it's too icky. I would never, ever, ever use live bait, ever. I, this is way too icky. You're absolutely right. There's no chance. I would put cheese on there. I think I used to fish with cheese or something as the bait. Uh, who do you like better, ETN or Cook in Dynasty, by the way? ETN. Yeah, I think that's the answer. Yep. This one is from Maxwell Booth. I think that's a great name. Great name. That should be a team name. Wondering if I should start Joe Flacco or Geno Smith. Four point per passing touchdown. Joe. Do we rank Gino yet? Yeah. Yes. Okay. I need well, to do I don't that. know if you did. I didn't. I need to do that. Throw him in. Uh, there. Yeah, I'd probably go Gino. All right. Josh is between Mahomes and Baker Mayfield and the Chiefs. That's <laughs> crazy. I know, right? <laughs> in the fantasy semis. Uh, the Chiefs, the Bears, and the Seahawks DST. <laughs> Uh, Bears. Bears and Mahomes. Bears and Mahomes. All right, from Tanner B. Do you think every year the NFL will be cursed to have more bad offensive lines than good offensive lines? Been that way for like a decade, B. I think it's, yeah. I wonder if it's been that way longer than we even realize. No, forever. Yeah. 
the, uh, especially now, just the way the college game is, they don't develop linemen at yeah. the same rate that they. Well, they don't get to practice as much either. Like they don't. Yeah. They don't get as much contact practice in. We can. We'll, we'll make a rule that defensive players have to go crawl on all fours to the quarterback, and then offensive line play will get better. <laughs> and it's from we'll back J- to allowing holding. From JT, start two in PPR: Swift, Ridley. JT, Jonathan Taylor, and Najoku. Swift, Ridley, Jonathan Taylor, Najoku, start two. All in on the last two, assuming Taylor plays. Uh, I'll go Taylor and Ridley. Uh, wow. Najoku. I think I'm gonna I'm thinking with Dave. I think I'm going with uh yeah. So, so basically, it's Ridley or Najoku for you guys, and D- Jamie said Ridley and David. Uh, I, I, I'll, I'll amend that. If Trevor Lawrence plays. That makes it closer, but I'm, I like I told you on Sunday, I'm done second guessing Najoku. He's locked in. Sid from Milwaukee says, "Dear Marino, Schneier, Bilzerian, and Devito." Dan's. Who are who's Dan Bilzerian? Look him up. I I am. He is someone on Instagram. I was a poker player. Right, start- oh, he's more than just a poker player. He's a jungle man. Is he? Okay. St- just like me. Start two in PPR. Puka, Aaron Jones, Devontae Smith. Two receivers. Yeah, for sure. Although I think Jones has a big game this week. Jones at Carolina. That's really tempting to sit him if Dylan doesn't play. I mean, even Bijan was good against Carol. Oh, no, he wasn't. He was terrible. (laughs) All right. That was a great show. Thank you, guys. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Start or sit for the AFC home games. All right. Have a great day. Enjoy signing day. Uh, Kirk Cousins' wife thinks that the Vikings make the Super Bowl. Oh, that's fun. All right. Something to to dream about. Later, everybody.